Epiphany was yesterday. Christmas is over. And now we face the reality of a new year when many people engage in that much-dreaded annual exercise of New Year's resolutions. Demographers tell us that the most, two most common resolutions have to do with losing weight and with exercise. The overindulgence of the Christmas holidays becomes the regret of January. <clears throat> that means that gym memberships are booming in January. The diet industry enjoys a real resurgence. And all exercise venues are crowded with people who likely won't be there in February. For many of us, yours truly, sadly to be included, this proves to be an annual exercise in futility. It is the wise and hardy few, that small minority, who summons the will and the dedication to follow through and allow their New Year's resolutions to make a true difference in their lives. Since today is the first Sunday after the Epiphany, it marks the time when we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. It is the time we set aside to commemorate the baptism of Jesus. <clears throat> and when we as a congregation traditionally renew our baptismal vows. But what about the baptism of Jesus? We all say each Sunday as we share the declaration of the creed that, quote, we believe in one baptism for the remission of sin. <clears throat> and we all believe and know that Jesus led the perfect life without sin. So why was Jesus baptized? Well, the answer is that the kind of baptism practiced by John has, was a very different experience than the one we have had, the one that countless Christians had over all the ages. When we had died to sin and the death of Jesus, we were reborn into newness of life in Him, and when we shared in the resurrection through our own baptism. Like many Jewish generations that came before, John practiced the baptism of repentance. But Jesus gave us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uniquely among the Synoptic Gospels, Mark chooses to begin his account with the start of the public ministry of Jesus. Of course, we remember from our recent Christmas celebration, Matthew and Luke begin with an account of the birth of Jesus. And the baptism of Jesus is the beginning of his public ministry on earth. It is an event filled with historic and religious references, an event that fulfills ancient prophecy, and it has symbolic and real significance to us even in this 21st century. Now we also know that historically this event is verifiable. Apart from our faith, which we desperately believe, history tells us that John did indeed baptize Jesus in the Jordan River. Now the River Jordan doesn't look much like the Arkansas River. It doesn't even look like Shadron Creek. Rather, it is shallow and narrow and about the width of our parking lot. But the River Jordan gives life to the territory that surrounds it. It makes that territory one of the most lush agricultural areas in the East. 
Remember also that the children of Israel, freed from slavery in Egypt, after wandering in the wilderness, finally crossed over the river Jordan to enter the promised land. And through the ministry of Jesus, we too receive new life. We are freed from the slavery of sin, and we enter into a new life of hope and promise. From Matthew, we know that John was hesitant to baptize Jesus, saying that it was Jesus who should baptize him instead. But Jesus told John he must baptize him, so that together they may fulfill all righteousness. And there are several reasons why this was necessary and fitting. Jesus is about to begin his sacred work, and it was appropriate for him to be publicly recognized by his forerunner, John. John was the voice crying in the wilderness, prophesied by Isaiah, calling for the people to prepare the way of the Lord. In baptizing Jesus, John is signaling that this is the long-expected one, the Son of God who will set his people free and who had been predicted would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Remember also that John is a direct descendant of Aaron, and thus he's a member of the priestly family in the tribe of Levi. Remember that John's father, Zechariah, was serving his priestly duty in the temple when the angel informed him that his wife, Elizabeth, would soon bear him a son. And we remember that Zechariah laughed in the face of the angel because he and Elizabeth were well beyond the childbearing phase. And as a result, the angel, angel rendered him unable to speak until John was born. Now it was the job of the priestly descendants of Aaron to present the sacrifices to God in the temple. And by baptizing Jesus, John, the descendant of Aaron, is presenting the ultimate sacrifice that would be an oblation for all the sins of the entire world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the baptism of Jesus also declares that Jesus identifies with sinners. It proclaims the sinner's baptism into the righteousness of Christ, dying with him and rising free from sin, and able to walk in newness of life. Additionally, Jesus is showing his approval of the baptism and the mission of John the Baptist. But most of all, this public baptism of Jesus records for all time and for all generations the perfect nature of the triune God, the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. And the voice from heaven, that of God himself, declared, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Thus we see the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the salvation that Jesus came to offer us so freely. The Father loves us before the foundation of the world, the Son is sent to seek and to save, and the Holy Spirit convicts us and draws us to the Father by way of the Son. Thus begins the holy mission 
of our Savior Jesus Christ. And what of us, the Christians of the present? What of the promises made by us or made on our behalf at our own baptism? We received the Holy Spirit at our baptism by an act of God, and we were marked as Christ's own forever. That baptism was a one-time and irrevocable thing. In it we died with Christ, we were made new with Him, so that we could overcome sin and death, just as Jesus had overcome sin and death. Baptism by the Holy Spirit is one of only two sacraments, along with the Eucharist, that was ordained by Christ Himself. And we do this at the explicit instructions He gave to us. Thus, baptism is a very, very sacred and solemn thing. As is the tradition in our church, in a few moments, together we're going to renew the vows that we made at our baptism. And here in this new year, we must ask, will we have the strength and the determination to be among that hearty group who are able to fulfill these promises? Of course, this is much more important than any resolution of the new year that we might make, whether it's losing weight or exercise or any number of other things we may desire for this life. This has to do with life eternal in Jesus. As we renew our vows, it is my prayer for all of us that God will send His Holy Spirit to being among us and enable us to live out the promise of our salvation, the promise that was made through the birth, the life, the ministry and teaching, the sacrificial death of atonement, and the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus.